SAFM leading the conversation. The viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. We're back, we're live, we are indeed on SAFM, it's 12 minutes after 21 hours, hashtag health on Monday, the segment for this evening, in keeping with the promise made last week, and I apologize for those who are anticipating it on Wednesday at quarter to the hour nine, we didn't feature it then because the program as at the time when I made the announcement had already been confirmed and we couldn't shift things around. In any event, it's probably more relevant that we're having a health-related discussion in the health segment of SAFM. I'm sure they would have listened to last week's conversation and they know exactly what to do. For reference and clarity's sake, Mr. Cameron Joseph is a Bachelor of Medicine and a Bachelor of Surgery student at UCT. He is one of the top five candidates to win the prize in the next generation of brave campaigners in partnership with News24 and Adcock Ingram, the pharmaceutical group. Your thoughts in relation to what you are doing and how that puts you in pole position to walk away with the prize. Please don't forget to speak about your supervisor and the role that he or she is playing in your aspirations. Good evening, Mr. Cameron Joseph. The platform is yours. You have five minutes. Hi, um, thank you, Tongezo. Um, my name is Cameron Joseph. As you mentioned, I'm a fourth-year medical student at the University of Cape Town. And the reason why I believe I should receive the nomination is because medicine has been a part of my life since a very young age, and it's continued to play an important part in my future. So growing up, my dad was a pharmacist who later became a hospital manager, and my mom is a nurse. But both of them dedicated a lot of time to public health. So I grew up spending time in hospitals, clinics, in communities. And during that time, I fell in love with medicine and caring for people. So I, I knew from a very young age, probably even before I even knew what a doctor was, that that's what I wanted to be. And so going to medical school never felt intimidating or awkward. Rather, it felt like I was coming home and that I had found the place where I belonged. Whilst I was at medical school, I had participated in multiple NGOs, such as Short Health, providing healthcare to underprivileged communities. And I've been fortunate enough to get to know many people who have not only taught me a lot, but helped me to further my goal of providing healthcare access to everybody in this country. Now, myself and Professor Zulka, who is my mentor and an absolute trailblazer in her field of pediatric cardiology, have nominated Red Cross Children's Trust as our registered NPO that we're nominating. So a bit of background about that. Red Cross Children's Hospital is the first standalone tertiary hospital just for children in sub-Saharan Africa. And the funds that we are raising for them will help with the expansion of the hospital buildings, acquiring new state-of-the-art medical equipment, such as the cath lab that I was fortunate enough to spend time in, and basically just provide life-changing and life-saving critical care for children who cannot afford it. Um, Prof Sorka is an absolute trailblazer in the field, as I said earlier, and I was so fortunate to spend time with her. She's an inspiration to everybody she comes into contact with, and as a mentor, she was patient and understanding with me and showed me what a good doctor looks like, but not only that, what a good human looks like as well. So I believe that I should be nominated for this because I have a vision for South Africa that we can provide healthcare to all South Africans with a healthcare system that works for everybody from the ground up. I hope to specialize in pediatrics, and I feel that the next generation of BRAVE, it's incumbent on us as health professionals to integrate a holistic approach to healthcare. 
take into account the public health aspects, the ethical considerations and the contextual factors in this country that are going to impact on health provision in this country going forward. And so that's why I believe that I should be nominated for this. I want to take my prerogative here in the two minutes that you have not yet used to just ask one or two questions. This is more for clarity and better understand what your ambition is in relation to wanting to be a pediatrician. South Africa, unfortunately, has a high infant mortality rate. In fact, it's one of the burdens of disease. If you look at the quadruple burden of disease, infant mortality is one of them. Knowing the shortcomings we have then, particularly in private, I mean in public health care, and the fact that for the most part, private health care is inaccessible, financially speaking anyway, what do you then propose as a way of intervening to change the fact that infant mortality is as high as it is, noting the challenges in public and private health care spaces? Yeah, so, that, so that's a good point, Sungezo, and that is where the burden of disease lies in South Africa. Um, my, my opinion would be that South Africa needs to go back to the roots and go back to what healthcare should be about. We should be healthcare professionals to go into the communities, not the other way around. And I believe that NGOs and MPOs have a big part to play in that and also improving our primary healthcare system. The one advantage of having spent a lot of time um, with NGOs in different communities is that you can see the immense difference that it makes when community health workers, when people in the community themselves get involved with the healthcare process and understanding that we as healthcare professionals are merely facilitating the healing process and that it's really up to the people in, in, in the communities to engage and to turn this country's infant mortality around. Fantastic. So I believe that it will, it will, that's where we'll need to begin. I wish you all of the best. I cannot say more than that because this is a competition and we're giving you as fair a chance as all the other two who so far have spoken and the two who will soon be speaking after you. But suffice to say, we appreciate your thoughts and all the best for your studies. And more importantly, you're becoming a doctor who doesn't treat the disease but becomes great in treating the patient of all patients, the most vulnerable, a child. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Sangezo. Cameron Joseph, that was him. Let's go to Mr. Julian Sheldon, pharmaceutical chemistry student, MSc, that is. He's also somebody who has a passion for public health care. Let's talk to you then, Mr. Julian Sheldon, five minutes, and talk about your supervisor, please. Good evening. Hi there. Hi, good day, Sangezo. Good evening um, to you and your listeners. Um, thank you for the lovely introduction. Yes, my name is Julian Sheldon. Um, I am currently completing my master's degree um, in pharmaceutical science um, at the University of the Western Cape. Um, and basically looking at the development of new medicines that target difficult to treat uh, diseases, um, as well, of course, as techniques that actually visualize how these medicines interact within the body. Um, starting in pharmacy, I never really knew how to go about within the workplace and in the field itself. That is, of course, until I met my mentor, um, Leon Britz. Now, he is quite a phenomenal pharmacist that has been guiding me on this journey, you know, in delivering primary healthcare at the community level. And he's shown me how to imp- uh, how important pharmacists are um, and uh, how we act as primary linkers between other healthcare professionals, like being doctors, um, um, specialists as well, uh, with and creating the link between them and the patient themselves, because at the end of the day, the patients last up along the, the healthcare pathway is going to be with the pharmacist. Um, so I've really come to understand and appreciate the integral role that we would have to play, um, especially the, the responsibility that we then have to ensure that, that, that patients receive 
um, optimal health care before they leave um, the pharmacies. Again, you haven't used up your time, so I'm going to take the prerogative of sitting on the chair just to engage you, and we have all of three minutes in this conversation, so take your time in responding to this. You're an MSc student in pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical chemistry in particular. But if I can just focus on the pharmaceutical more than the chemistry aspect of it, we know that Big Pharma does control the global healthcare market. I mean, if you can get a contract to supply pharmaceuticals for a government, you will be counting money for the rest of your life and generations after you. South Africa, unfortunately, in that value chain of pharmaceuticals has very little stake, both domestically as well as globally. Now, why is it that we have not yet supported in the medical space the development of a state-run pharmaceutical to treat some of the many unique and uniquely South African or sub-Saharan African diseases that require pharmaceuticals that at all are not manufactured here and financially at all at least do not benefit our people? What would be your thoughts in relation to public health and the development of a pharmaceutical industry in the country? That is a really good question, Ngeza. <laughs> um, but it is also something that I've been thinking about now for quite a uh, many years. And it's also the reason why I'm currently in research at the university level. Um, not just my university, there are universities across the country that are actively engaging in, um, it's, it's something we call neglected diseases, such as cholera and TB, um, <clears throat> basically diseases that are not affecting the first world countries. And pharma, the pharma industry themselves, at the end of the day, they've got bottom lines to meet. Um, but, however, they do have very, um, very strong relationships with the universities where they actually provide funding for research that gets done um, within universities. So I think that collaboration within, within the South African context is the best way to go at the moment because the, fin- the financial backing that you need to be able to um, target these, these, these treatments, it's, it's, it's quite, quite expensive. And so collaborations, I think, is going to be the way forward for development of um, really effective pharmaceutical products. Well, you've got one more minute. Is there anything else you wish to say? I might have a follow-up question. <laughs> well, um, I think that the work that we are doing, not just myself, but all the other competitors, um, in, 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 and this, the, the effect that this competition is having, I'm really grateful for the, the showcase that we have to display um, the type of work that we are doing, the, diverse, the diversity of um, <clears throat> the South African healthcare system, um, and also just the fact that, that we, 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 we are able to show that this, this profession is not just um, something that, that that it, um, is unattainable. I mean, many of us have our own unique backgrounds, and um, I hope that anyone that, that, that aspires to, to pursue this, this profession is able to take something away from our experiences and our stories. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Mr. Julian Sheldon. All of the best, first of all, for your studies and in your prospects in relation to this competition. Next generation of Brave in partnership with Adcock Ingram OTC. The final of the five nominees we've canvassed for now is the final one. Could it be a question of saving the best for lost? You be the judge, Miss Vanessa Samuels, PhD candidate at the University of Cape Town. Cape Town, quite prominent in the space. Good evening, Vanessa. Good evening, Sangeza. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. You have five minutes. 
Okay, wow. Uh, my name is Rachelie Samuels and I am currently doing my PhD in medicine at the University of Cape Town, focusing on infectious diseases. Now, I'm originally from Atlantis in the Cape Flats and where I come from, um, the area known as Dura Flats, where many families reside and live in close quarters, many of them contract tuberculosis disease. And because of that, that experience has basically driven me to want to specialize in TB research. Um, basically, um, I've met Dr. Andani Mulelu, who is a, a biochemist and a research scientist at, at UCT, and he works in drug discovery and development. Um, his focus of his, his field is in molecular biology and engineering, and basically understanding and seeing him work in his field has stemmed a lot of questions that has not been answered over the past few years. And I think that these um, questions, they are important because it addresses the issue of why we are still fighting TB, especially in South Africa. According to the World Health Organization, Basically, uh, about 400,000 people contract TB in South Africa, and the disease claims about an estimate of 78,000 lives per year. And when you look at Cape Town and basic areas such as Atlantis and Mitchell's Plain and all of these areas, I mean, these areas carry a high burden of disease. So if we don't start here, how are we going to be able to prevent this? And actually get to our end goal that was reported by the World Health Organization in 2030. Is that all you have to say? Could you spend some time please talking about your supervisor, the person under whom you are assigned as you look to make the impact that you're looking for? My supervisor started um, TB research uh, many years ago and his basic goal was focused on on TB, but in sub-Saharan Africa. And I never quite understood why he he focused on sub-Saharan Africa, not that it's not important. It's just that he felt that they needed help first. And I kept asking him, why are you spending so much time on this? But it was when one of my family members contracted the disease, when it really actually impacted me, and also when it stimulated me specializing in infectious diseases. Let me ask this question. Um, in relation to your work, in relation to TB, and the fact that it is still as dangerous as, as it has been since time immemorial, you mentioned this statistic. Contractions of 215 to 400,000 cases per year with a mortality rate of 80,000 rand per year. Do you not wish perhaps the kind of attention that has been paid to COVID, for instance, and the resources that have been allocated in responding to COVID-19 with a considerably less mortality rate? Because we're looking right now, eight months of COVID, 20,000 cases. So in a year, we can look at another 10,000. So let's say COVID in a year for South Africa will take or claim 30,000 lives. In the same period, you're talking about 80,000 lives claimed by tuberculosis, a differential of 50,000. Do you not think public health resources are misdirected then on the basis of just that statistic? They actually are. They actually are. And it's, 
it's this is quite serious because um tb is is one of the factors that is contributing to this i mean it makes you even more susceptible to this which which can make our pandemic much more worse so if we can't control the diseases that is that is already endemic to our country how will we control other diseases that that might be coming in the next few years we don't know okay you've got 30 seconds you can take it up or you can forfeit it because sometimes less is more your thoughts well um i am i am driven by the desire to to develop tools that can be useful to combat diseases that are endemic in our country and that is my main goal and i just want everyone out there to look at me and see a representation of someone who is has come from a previously disadvantaged background but someone who is also willing to go the extra mile to not just make a change in the community but to make a change in the country as well Thank you so much then, Ms. Vanessa Samuels, PhD candidate at the University of Cape Town. That then, folks, does round up, first of all, the candidates for the next generation of BRAVE in partnership with Adcott Ingram OTC, but also the conversation for the most part on this Monday, the 9th of November, on hashtag health on Monday. There have been a couple of messages that have come through. One is probably not appropriate because I'll be giving airtime to something which really was said in jest. And I wouldn't want to denigrate the conversations that we've had. A couple of responses in relation to the first segment, Pula in the Northwest asking the question, Hi, Songezo, with regard to the man hitting the woman with a cricket bat. I want to understand if it was necessary to mention their races and would it make a difference if the man was black? A couple of answers to that, but the short answer is it does not at all make a difference. The sex or, especially in your case, the question of race of the man because ultimately what we are condemning is violence and attached to that patriarchy, which in South Africa is almost a sine qua non, patriarchy and violence, violence and patriarchy. But in the context of what I had said in the preamble to my entry to this conversation, it was coming from the back of a speech delivered at the Tambo Memorial Lecture Series by one of our most eminent scholars on the subject, Professor Pumla Dinawagola, when she spoke about, let me just try and find the, goodness, I just, okay, when she spoke about patriarchy and patriarchal violence and the inadequacy of condemnation. It was that in mind that I had said what I had said because in her speech she spoke about, among other things, apartheid archives, focusing on how from gender or sex, men on women, that violence, but also the violence that followed racial lines, specifically as she was talking about apartheid archives. And I'd mentioned that everything that I saw on that screen for that moment I was watching it took me back to all of what one would have seen as a daily occurrence in South Africa pre-94, from apartheid through to the early days of colonization. So in a sense, it becomes an aggravating factor that the gentleman was white. Does it change the fact that it was violence and it was patriarchal? Absolutely not. But I think certain conversations in South Africa are nuanced based on our historical experiences. Therefore, our perspectives going forward equally need to be bearing cognizance of that. 21.32, I'm a minute over. It was a necessary explanation thus. Pula, thank you nonetheless. And everybody else who participated on that. That was The Viewpoint, Monday 9, November 2020. Could we please be a little bit better tomorrow? It's the 10th of November. Goodbye.